It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley. This is Cuda Confidential. The official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda. AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Our next guest was drafted by the St. Louis Blues in the fourth round of the 2016 NHL Draft and spent four seasons in the Western Hockey League with the Brandon Weekings and Victoria Royals. He's in his first season with the Barracuda and his fifth at the professional ranks. We are pleased to welcome Barracuda forward Tanner Kaspik to the Cuda Confidential podcast. Welcome back to Cuda Confidential. We are pleased to be joined by Barracuda forward Tanner Kaspik. First and foremost, thank you for the time. I just want to ask, it's been a couple of months now in the Bay Area. How are you liking your time in San Jose so far? Uh, it's been awesome. Um, the guys have been great. The The fans have been great. And uh, the weather is certainly better than uh, where I'm from back home in Canada. So I've been enjoying that a lot. We'll dive into your hometown. You're from Brandon, Manitoba. You played your junior hockey there. It is definitely cold this time of year. It's, uh, I'm sure, getting colder and colder on the, the prairies of Canada. But uh, we'll go through your youth, your youth hockey, your junior career, uh, and your professional career. But I do want to start with back in 2016, you were drafted by St. Louis in the fourth round. I believe that draft was in Buffalo. What do you remember about draft day? I don't know if you, if you went to Buffalo, but uh, what do you remember about getting drafted by the Blues? I didn't go to the draft, actually. Actually, my uh, my grad was the night before, so I was I was kind of debating it leading up, but uh, was happy that I decided to stay at home, go to my grad, and uh, had a fun night with kind of all my high school buddies, and then uh, just kind of woke up that morning, and then uh, my best friend actually from Brandon got drafted that same year with me, and he was uh, he was in Brandon at the time too, so we had a uh, yeah we had a really fun day. Well, most kids who take the junior hockey route, they aren't able to go to high school with maybe the kids they went to in middle school or even elementary school. It, probably not the case for you. Were these the same kids that you grew up with basically since you were, you know, a young, young kid in, in elementary school? Yeah. Yeah. No, we, uh, the high school I went to in grade nine, 10 before I played on the weekends, uh, I was able to stay there for grades 11 and 12, even though the rest of the guys on my team went to the the other school in Brandon. So it was nice to be able to kind of still have that time at school uh, with my buddies from home and and not just the teammates. And yeah, no, really grateful. I was able to to graduate from there too. So St. Louis drafts you in the fourth round. Did you have any idea the Blues were interested? Yeah, they showed interest uh, throughout the year and uh, at the combine. I knew they're kind of one of the teams that showed some interest. There was it's kind of hard to get a read uh, that year, but they were definitely a team of note. But uh, yeah, no, we were just, we were watching the TV and uh, I think it was like a commercial break or something. My agent called me and uh, told me the news. So yeah, no, it was a special memory for sure. What are the emotions that goes through, through the mind and, and maybe the heart of a player when it's one step in your journey, but a big step to be drafted. What are the feelings when, when that does occur? 
Yeah, it was a lot of excitement for sure. Just uh, it's nice to be around the family at the time too, because you know that those are the people that get you there as long as well as you like all your buddies, the, the guys you play with growing up. So to be able to spend that day with with all of them was was special. And uh, yeah, we were all just pumped. So we mentioned you're from Brandon. You played for the Brandon Wee Kings in the in the Western Hockey League. You played your youth hockey in Brandon as well. Is it in a foregone conclusion that you drafted by your hometown team, or is that something that kind of came out of the blue too? Yeah, like then again, knew they were interested, but you don't know if it's going to it line up at the draft. I, it wasn't like I was telling other teams I wouldn't go there either. So um, it just kind of worked out that I was available uh, for their second round pick there. And uh, when when I got to that point of the draft, I, I had a pretty good idea I'd be going there. But uh, going into it, definitely didn't know for sure. But that, that's where I wanted to get drafted. And uh, yeah, no, super glad to be able to play at home. So it's not like the Wheat Kings had any sort of advantage over other teams because you played for your, their youth hockey program. No, no, there's no protection or anything like that. Just a regular draft pick. Well, Brandon is in the the prairies of Manitoba. I don't know how far it is from Winnipeg, but that would be your your closest NHL team to Brandon. And that franchise, I was looking it up. They've been around for a long, long time, I believe since the 30s. So there's a lot of tradition there. And it's obviously a great hockey town in, in Canada as a whole, as a country. And, and Brandon in Manitoba, just a great hockey community. So what was it like growing up in Brandon, Manitoba. Yeah, it uh, it was awesome. I think one of the one of the best parts of it was just how many buddies that just kind of were in my neighborhood that I played hockey with all the way till till I played junior. So we had a really competitive group of friends that we play road hockey or backyard baseball after every single school day and in the summers and and all day. And then you know, pretty pretty long cold winters where hockey's hockey's the main thing, and we had a uh, we had a rink in our backyard, so we'd we'd skate out there with my my two brothers and my parents, and uh, yeah, we always had a we always had a competitive age group though of uh, a lot of good hockey players, and it, there's just there's that's kind of the only thing going there, and like we had uh, Matt Calvert and Ryan White would have been the NHL guys kind of at the time, and they were they were always around in the summer like being mentors and and stuff like that so yeah just very very tight-knit hockey community and uh i think it you see you see a lot of guys now starting to kind of come out of that area and stuff but a, a lot of fun really really great spot to grow up and they really support the weekings too so that was, that was cool describe to us that backyard rink what was that thing looking like when was your dad flooding it like when did that all start at what time of year and and just uh what it looked like God, I wouldn't even remember the details because there's there's pictures of me out there when I was like whatever two or three years old. So it was before my memory even, but uh, it was a pretty good size sheet, and uh, I got some memories playing against my mom out there even when my dad was at work and my older brothers at school. Like, yeah, no, a lot of it would it would get cold, but uh, a lot of fun memories out there for sure. So when you were out on the ice, kind of wheeling around, who was the player that you were imagining that you were? Hmm. Back then, I was a big Ryan Smith fan. Like when the Oilers were good, like '06 kind of kind of range. I, I'd say probably him, and then and then as Crosby was coming in the league too. I've I've always cheered for Crosby. So were you a big Oilers fan just because the Jets weren't around probably for most of your childhood? Yeah, I think like as a kid, I was, I was honestly a bigger Weekings fan than I was like any NHL team. And I'd say like 
I'd kind of hop on the bandwagon of whatever Canadian team was doing well when I was young, but then I kind of picked up the senators and I, I, I rode with them for a while. So when you made or you were drafted by the Wee Kings and you play your first game with the Wee Kings, was that kind of a dream come true for you? Yeah, for sure. Like getting drafted in the first place was obviously exciting, but then just kind of every first training camp, exhibition game game, we're all all pretty memorable just because how how much I looked up to those guys growing up and everything. So, um, just a just a really real well-ran franchise especially like at the time the amount of the amount of good players we had and they, and they still do there so it's uh grateful that i was able to go through that system for sure we'll talk about the weekings a little bit you you had some great teams you guys won a whl championship one year but after three and a half years you're traded to victoria and i believe so correct me if i'm wrong in that league you can't be traded without the approval of the player is that correct no you can they can trade you without your approval, but I think maybe if you're still in high school, that that would be the case. But when I was when I got traded at 19, it wasn't. Okay, wasn't so my there's decision. I knew there was some sort of window. So the younger players, there's a factor of they've got to approve it. So you were traded from your hometown team, Brandon, to Victoria, which isn't a bad spot to live. Uh, it's a pretty good uh, town to live in and, and a good franchise. But what was it like to to leave your hometown and and deal with the the first time being traded? Yeah, it was uh, kind of mixed emotions at the start, just because I was sad that my time with uh, with the Weekends was done. But uh, Vic was awesome, like unbelievable city. Uh, we had a really like, older team there at the time, so it was no problem going in there and uh, fitting in right away. And uh, yeah, no, nothing, nothing but good times, good things to say about my time in Vic for sure. So before you were traded in Brandon, we noted it, you won a WHL championship and, and your backup goaltender on that team, pretty well known in the National Hockey League now, Logan Thompson. And you also had a couple of other guys. Nolan Patrick was on that team who was a high pick of Philly, obviously has dealt with some injuries in his career. Ivan Provorov, another notable guy. What do you remember about that team? And and I'm going to ask you here in a moment about Logan Thompson, just his kind of untraditional uh, path, if you will, to the NHL. But what was special about that group? Yeah, I mean, just a really good junior team. Like, there, there's some guy like, I mean, John Quenville was a first round pick. Howerlick was just, like dominant for us in that playoffs too. And uh just just a a group of characters though like a a lot of a lot of crazy memories of that year just off the ice and uh in the dress room and stuff but we all we all got along really well and it was just uh it was cool to see just the city kind of get behind us during those runs because we went to the finals the year before too and we lost in the finals so to be able to kind of get back there and redeem ourselves like it was uh definitely my favorite hockey memory so I want to ask you about Logan Thompson. We saw him in the AHL a couple of years ago, and he was coming off a season in the ECHL, undrafted guy, and all of a sudden out of the blue during the COVID season, this guy was incredible. I mean, he was the best goalie in the AHL, and it came basically out of the blue. Did you see this coming at all for him uh, to be able to get to the NHL and put the career together that he's been able to accomplish so far? I mean, it's like it's not surprising at all to me just having having played with him he even when he was uh backing up for us like Jordan Paperni who was our starter was was unreal for us so it wasn't was even a question of LT like not being ready but even that following year I don't think he like was doing like crazy good in, in the dub but 
in practice, he was always just impossible to score on. Like he was so good. And like, I just knew, and then you'd see, see flashes of in games and you knew if he ever kind of did that consistently, um, you know, the sky was the limit for him. That team was owned by Kelly McCrimmon, who is the GM of the Golden Knights. I think, and I'm assuming he was kind of your de facto GM as well when he owned the team. What was it like playing playing under him and, and seeing kind of his success in the NHL? Yeah, yeah, really, uh, really influential guy in my career for sure. He was the GM, like owner and coach, my first two years playing there. Um but just a really, uh, really professional guy who who kind of taught us to be adults and to be pros at a young age, and um, he made a made a number of like lopsided trades in the dub. So it's funny to see him kind of go up to the NHL and kind of make waves up there in the management side as well. And uh, happy for him to get a cup there. Um, you started your career. You were you were drafted by St. Louis. I, I think you played a little bit in Manitoba right after your your base your junior career ended. But you really started as a pro in San Antonio in the American <laughs> Hockey League. What do you make of your time living down in Texas? And I'm sure that was a welcomed change, I guess, of scenery. It's it's a beautiful place to live, but uh, also a culture shock for you. Yeah, it was different for sure, but like yeah great spot to live like um so it was no issue moving down there getting set up at a place um we had that that year we kind of like had a team thrown together where it wasn't guys playing wasn't guys who played with each other the year before so it kind of made it coming in as a rookie it kind of made it feel like everyone was in the same boat rather than coming into an already formed like group but uh i was fortunate enough to have some older guys who kind of took me under their wing a bit and uh yeah showed me the ropes but it was uh no it was a it was a really nice city like it's too bad that they don't have a team in the in the american league anymore well you had a, a lot of different goaltenders on that group as well including jordan bennington who obviously went on to win a stanley cup uh with st louis even Vili huso i remember him being in san antonio as well so you've had some goalies during your career that have went to on to accomplish pretty big things. That's another guy that came out of nowhere in Jordan Bennington, always a kind of a fiery character. Uh, did you expect him and did you see any sort of, I guess, um, indications that he was going to be able to turn into the player that he's become? Yeah. Well, like at the start of the year, I didn't know where I knew he was like fourth in the depth chart who, so was our starter and Binner wasn't getting much like many looks at all. And, uh, we he was one of the guys who kind of I hung out with a lot my first year we had a we were neighbors at our apartment place and he just kind of every time he went in he just had like an unbelievable game and then he he went on a run before he got called up where it was like the best goaltending I've ever seen so so that in that sense I wasn't surprised but it was it was just cool to have a front row seat to just kind of a Cinderella story of starting as the four string and, and winning the cup by the end of the year it was cool to see that how, how fast things can change in this business. So for you, you're still very uh, much in the early stages of your career, but you are now in your fifth season uh, of professional hockey. And you started with St. Louis's organization last year, you were in Iowa with the wild. Now you're here with the Barracuda under the umbrella of the San Jose Sharks. So as a player from year one, now to this point of your career, how have things kind of changed for you and slowed down uh, at this level? Yeah, I think, you know, you just try and 
try and get a little better every year. And I think every year you just feel a little more comfortable and um, some of it comes with opportunity you're given. And, and some of it's just kind of just building the confidence from the actual improvements that you've made. And I think just kind of a combination of that is, is made the game more fun as the years kind of progressed in my pro career. And I'm um, just trying to kind of continue that trajectory. How have you evolved your game from the time that you were in junior, where you are a point per game player, you're wearing the C in your final season at Brandon to now, I mean, you've had to adjust and you've had to adapt your game, but how have things changed and how have you been able to take on maybe a different responsibility and role as opposed to when you were in junior? Yeah. And I, I kind of went through it at the start of my junior career as well, where growing up you're you're kind of always the guy. And then, um, I was on the fourth line pretty much my whole rookie year and third line my second year, but kind of still still that like depth center role that I've played uh, at this level. So I, I had some familiarity with it and um, it's nice to just be able to continue to expand that as my career is going on. And uh, definitely at the start, it's uncomfortable to to know that you're uh, you're a mistake away from kind of sitting out and it's it's tough to play hockey that way so it's it's an adjustment to to play with that short of a leash but uh yeah like I said I think it's something I'm getting more comfortable with now that you have established yourself in the lineup and when we're speaking don't want to date this interview dealing with a little bit of an injury situation so you've sat out the last handful of games but Aside from that, you're almost a guarantee to be penciled into the lineup. Just from a confidence standpoint, as you alluded to, maybe not as much pressure to make a mistake or or have a mistake occur. That's got to go a long way in a player's confidence and just having a, a consistency to their game. Yeah, for sure. I think you kind of you start focusing more on just trying to win a hockey game rather than how you're playing yourself and. Um, that obviously has a tremendous impact on, on how you're going to play and how you're going to feel out there. So uh, it's, I'm grateful for the, you know, the trust that J Mac showed me so far this year and just kind of looking to keep expanding that role. For any player, especially when you're in the AHL, just one step away from the national hockey league, there's a, a dream to get to the highest level for kids and youth, college players and pros, right? Everybody wants to get to the highest level. Is that something that continually motivates you in your career that you still want to get to the national hockey league and fulfill those dreams? Yeah, for sure. I think I no longer try and focus too much on the, on the outcomes of things and just try to, you know, I know I'm a professional hockey player, so just try to keep becoming a better hockey player and, and know my, and just kind of see where that takes me. That's kind of been more my attitude lately. And, uh, you see plenty examples of, of different career paths. And uh, so you, you just never really know. You just got to be able to show up and uh, be at your best to give yourself the best shot. The doctor will see you now. But do they really? Do they see you as a mother who's a daughter and a caregiver? Fearless, but sometimes fearful. A health nut with a French fry habit. An O-positive geologist named Patty who's here today for a melanoma exam. At Kaiser Permanente, we believe the only way to care for all of you is by seeing all that is you. Kaiser Permanente, for all that is you. Learn more at kp.org. We're talking to Barracuda Ford, Tanner Kaspic. This is year number one for you in San Jose, and we asked you a little bit about uh, just your time so far in the Bay Area. The answer I get from a lot of guys, especially when they're from 
colder weather cities is the favorite their favorite thing about this area is the weather so i want to ask what is your favorite thing about san jose non-weather related oh probably the mexican food so far just a lot of good authentic mexican that i've I've really been enjoying good seafood as well but yeah those, those would be those would be up there i've been enjoying uh trader joe's by my house as well I love it. Yep. Those are two things. Trader Joe's, uh, it's an underrated thing. Like when <laughs> yeah. you don't, when you aren't in the area, that's something I miss. Miss and Mexican food as someone who grew up in California, I tell people all the time, uh, we've got the best Mexican food in the country. Now I know it's a little bit de- different down in Texas and whatnot, but I, I just, I, maybe I'm biased, but I think it's as good as it gets in this area. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Completely. So I, I want to ask, what are you doing away from the rink? What are some hobbies that you've, that you've picked up maybe during your time here or something that you just always like to do when you're not playing? During the summertime, I like to golf a lot, but uh, kind of during the season, I I lose the lose the bug a bit. But I I like to get get out to the driving range a little more here and in, in some of the afternoons because a lot of when it was nicer out, a lot of a lot of hanging by the pool in the afternoons, just enjoying the enjoying the sun. Uh, I like to I like to go to the movie theater quite a bit, and that's usually don't usually don't miss a movie coming in there, but. Um, yeah, no, haven't haven't been doing a lot other than that lately. So you mentioned movie theater. So what uh, are there? Is there a specific maybe genre of movies or a favorite movie of all time that's at the top of the list for you? It, it's tough to name name a favorite, like, but uh, the holdovers in theaters right now is good. Um, what else have I seen good lately? The Killer on Netflix, I, I enjoyed. But yeah, no, I just uh, I kind of like seeing everything and just seeing if something could some different could surprise me so you signed with the barracuda this summer a little bit later in the summer so tell us how that all kind of transpired um i'm sure it was a situation where maybe the organization had reached out to your agent or or vice versa but uh how did that all come to be and then just thoughts of thinking potentially coming back to the pacific division and making your way out west that i'm sure that had to be kind of an intriguing opportunity yeah just in the summertime um my agent called me and and said the Barracuda expressed interest, and I was obviously thrilled. Um, we played here on the road when I was on Iowa last year, and it was just a could tell it would be a really good spot to play. Um, so when I, yeah, when I heard of that, I, I was pumped. And the Pacific is the best road cities possible in the American League. Like the places we go um, are hard to beat. So so that's a huge advantage. And yeah, just. It's also just nice to be part of a fresh organization, kind of get a bit of a fresh start. Coming out to to the Barry, you mentioned that you had come out here the the prior year um, as a member of the Wild, and we talked about some of the things that you've been enjoying, maybe away from the rink. I always like to ask guys, if you weren't a pro hockey player, what do you think you'd be doing for a career? That's tough. Like, I, I enjoyed school uh, in high school and everything, and had I just gone straight into university, I probably would have done something in like finance or economics and seeing where that took me. But I, I truly have no idea what I'd be doing. Is that something that you are currently doing? Are you interested in maybe keeping an eye on the stock market and just taking care of your money and all that? Yeah, I'll do a bit of that. Like just, just on my own, I'm not taking any like actual like accredited courses or anything, but I, I like to kind of play around with different areas and whether it's podcasts or books and, and just kind of learn, learn that way. So are there any books maybe that you're reading right now on the road? And is that, you mentioned movies, books. I'm sure these are things that help fill your time. 
Yeah. Um, what do I just read? Killers of the Flower Moon I read before I watched the the movie there. And uh, yeah, it's a good book. What, what else am I reading? God, you're stumping me here, Noli. Yeah. Hey, man, that's more books than I've Sa- read all Sa- year. So. Sapiens is my all-time rack, though. That's my all-time recommendation. Okay, I'll have to check it out. I'll have to check it out. Say uh, say the name again. I want to make sure that I'm getting Sapiens. Sapiens, okay. Yeah. And that's, I'm sure, about the evolution of human beings. Is that Exactly. Okay, I'll check it out. Well, we appreciate the time, man. It's been uh, it's been great getting to know you this season. It's been a couple of months, but um, obviously a great guy. You, you fit in perfectly into the locker room, and you know we wish you health moving forward as you try to get back on the ice here. And I know it's only a matter of time, but um, thank you again for the time and uh, continued success. Yes, no worries. Thanks a lot, Noli. That'll do it for this episode of Cuda Confidential. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thanks for listening and so long until next time. This has been a presentation of San Jose Barracuda Hockey.